listening to Yesterday Today, presenting the best of yesterday's radio today. I'm just one of two Westbrooks hosting the show, McLean Westbrook, and the other is Jake Westbrook. It's a bit of a clunky introduction there, but yes, I, I am Jake. That sounded good in my head. Be that as it may, today on the show, we are writing a wrong of ours, a wrongdoing, if you will. Wait, what did we do? I don't remember doing anything wrong. You've You've been screening the shows we play for poorly aged jokes, right? Well, no, I, I was I was just being silly. We didn't we didn't actually do anything wrong. That's not. Oh, okay. I was trying to say we've been focusing these past few weeks on winter sports, but we've been neglecting perhaps the most popular winter sport of all. Oh, hockey? No, that's just soccer on ice, which you know has its has its perks, and it's also a lot more violent. No, basketball, McLean, basketball. Basketball? Are we counting basketball as a winter sport? Yeah, I mean, it might not directly involve snow or ice, but James Naismith, back in the winter of 1891 in Springfield, Massachusetts, intended basketball to be an indoor sport to keep his students occupied during the harsh New England winter. And while the look of the sport might have changed a little in the last uh, century or so, the spirit of athletics and competitiveness remains to this day. Wow, you did a great job making that Wikipedia page sound poetic. Thank you. That's how I wrote most of my college essays. Anyway, on that note, uh... Hey there, gentlemen. How are you guys doing this fine winter day? Lenny, what are you doing here? Did you forget how to knock on the door again? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to barge in. I was just caught up with my enthusiasm for realizing a lifelong dream of mine. Besides, I've been over here so much we're practically family now anyway. Family? Okay, too far. Noted. Wait, wait, lifelong dream? Did you finally trick somebody into sponsoring that dog sled team idea? Dog sled team? What are you talking about? You came in here two weeks ago asking us to sponsor your Iditarod dog sled team. You said it was a lifelong dream. Huh. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, no. I've got a new lifelong dream now. And that would be? Being part of a championship-winning City Rec League men's basketball team. Shooting high in life, I see. Uh-huh. So, purely by coincidence, I mentioned the subject of basketball, and you suddenly barge in wanting to start a basketball team. Well, sure. I need five able-bodied men on my roster. You guys wouldn't happen to know any, would you? I mean, there's me and Jake for two. Oh, yeah, that's an idea. What do you say? Do you guys want to join the team and play for hardwood glory? To begin with, I'm highly suspicious of your motives here. I have never seen you take an interest in anything that you weren't making a buck off of, so I find it a little hard to believe that you earnestly care this much about amateur basketball. And furthermore, I'm concerned that by joining this team, and whatever motley cast of half-rate athletes you gather together, I'm probably opening myself up for some form of public humiliation. So, is that a no? But... This would fit in very well with the theme of this week's show, so yes, yes, I'm in. Yeah, ditto for me. Fine, fine. We just have to find two other athletes to join us. The first game is, uh, tonight, so, uh, we may have to hurry. Seems like maybe you should have gotten on this sooner, then? Time management is not my greatest strength. Oh, you're gonna be great out there during crunch time on the court. <laughs> anyway, as we, uh, as we put together our, uh, little adventure here... We're presenting some basketball-related old-time radio, and first up we have The Life of Riley, of which I have lived. <laughs> You'll live in the life of 
O'Reilly. Anyway, here's that. The Life of Riley. The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Chester A. Riley is a man who gets kicked around considerably by an unkind world. But he can afford to shrug off these rebuffs with a smile. For he knows that no matter how he may appear to others, at home there is one to whom Riley is the greatest hero in the world. His 13-year-old son, Junior. Now this may surprise you, but after all, how much does a 13-year-old boy know? The other day, however, Junior began to show signs of wising up. Junior. Hi, Mom. I'm hanging up this picture of Hank Lizzetti. Well, why is he in his underwear? Well, that's his uniform. What, you, you mean you don't know who Hank Lizzetti is? Why, he's just the greatest basketball player in the world, that's all. He's terrific. Oh, is he a shortstop like Johnny Lujak? Uh, <laughs> Mom, he plays basketball, and Johnny Lujak plays football, and shortstops play baseball. Oh. Well, run along, dear. I gotta clean up your room. Okay, I gotta finish your composition. Hey! Hey, where are you? I'm in Junior's room, dear. Oh, uh, uh, Hiya, Dumplin'. Hello, Riley. Did you have a nice day? Nice day. The foreman caught me smoking and threatened to fire me. I got kicked off the bus because I lost my transfer. <laughs> I had to walk all the way home. A cop almost gave me a ticket for crossing against the light. And when I came up on our front porch, that loose board jumped up and cracked me on the knee. <laughs> Some nice day. Well, if, if you had to walk home, how'd you get here so fast? Well, I got a lucky break. A bulldog chased me. <laughs> you poor dear. You must be worn out. Oh, I don't mind. As long as when I get home, there's a little woman waiting for me and a couple of sweet kids. There's nothing like kids. Oh, boy, I feel sorry for bachelors. They're so lonely. Believe me, bachelors would be a lot happier if they had a couple of kids. <laughs> hiya, Pop. Oh, hiya, son. Uh, what's that you got there? Oh, I, I wrote a composition. It's called The Man I Admire Most. Well, I can guess who that is. Uh, read some of it, son. Well, the last part goes like this. Mm -hmm. He is intelligent, quick-thinking, ever alert, never daunted when the odds are against him. True. <laughs> True. His sense of fair play, his clean-cut physique, and his code of clean living is an inspiration to me. Oh, come now, Junior. Let's not exaggerate. Well, there's a lot in what you say. Go, go, go on. And that is why the man I admire most is Hank Luzetti. Very, <laughs> very good, son. Very, very good. You like it? Yeah. Well, only one little criticism, Junior. When, when you read it in class, watch your diction. When you said Chester Riley just now, it sounded just like Hank Luzetti. Eh? <laughs> Hank Luzetti? Who's, who's he? Well, he's the man I admire most. What? Since when is he your father? <laughs> Hank, what do you know about this? Well, I'm surprised at your ignorance, Riley. Everybody knows Hank Luzetti is the greatest basketball player in the world. So? So that's the man you admire most. And all the time I oh, thought... Now, Riley, don't oh, be... Oh, perfectly all right. He's entitled to his opinion. But he shouldn't be a hypocrite about it and pretend that I'm the one that... Oh, he... but, Pop, He even listen. asked me for my picture to hang in his room... I spent my last six dollars getting it framed so it looked nice on the wall. Oh, Pop, your picture Don't deny is... it. There it is, hanging on the wall. They're staring you in the face. Uh, wait a minute. Who undressed me in that picture? <laughs> Riley, that's not 
your picture. Oh, Junior, you shouldn't have taken your father's picture down. After oh, all, Oh, don't he... bother, Peg. You gotta expect this when you have kids. Come on, let's leave him with his basketball player. Oh, Pop, I didn't mean to. Fine son. Riley, don't take it like that. Uh, it's just a phase. He's captain of the school team, and naturally everything's basketball right now. Yeah. Besides, you can't go on expecting him to believe you're the most wonderful creature in the world forever. Why shouldn't he believe it? I do. <laughs> and what's good enough for me is good enough for him. Frankly, Riley, I don't see that you got such a big prop. But I told you, Gillis, the kid don't admire me no more. So make him. I had the same trouble with my egg weight. For years, I'm his hero. All of a sudden, he drops me and he's got a new hero. Itchy Fingers Malloy. <laughs> that hold-up guy, the bank robber? Yeah, that's the type that egg weight admires most. All day long, that kid's either looking at gangster movies or listening on the radio to the green cockroach <laughs> or, or reading them comic books. So naturally, his ideal is a, is a bank robber. No kid. Oh, what that kid didn't do. Yeah. Every week, he wrote a fan letter to Alcatraz. <laughs> Once he asked Malloy to send him a picture, and he did. No. Yeah, autograph. Yours for life. Number 14823. <laughs> All Egg Boy Tunk about was that bank robber. Wouldn't even look at me. Well, well, so what did you do? He worships bank robbers, so I became a bank robber. <laughs> Kill us. Yeah. Every week I rob Eggboy's piggy bank. <laughs> this not only makes him wish at me, but it gives me a nice income. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's a bad example to set the ball. Oh, I ain't really keeping Eggboy's money. I'm just saving it up for him. And I'll give it to him when he's a man. On his 41st birthday. <laughs> I wish Junior would worship me, but he worships basketball players. So it's a sense, Riley. Become a basketball player. But, Gillis, I don't know nothing about the game. Well, Junior don't have to know that. Tell him you was a big basketball star in your youth. <laughs> you mean I should lie to my... Oh, no, not me. I don't like to lie to my kid. He always catches me. <laughs> well, he won't this time. Play it smart. Huh? Remember that time in Cooney Island when I won that solid gold brass trophy? For shooting at them baskets with a basketball? And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. It showed a guy holding a basketball and had it written underneath, Champion 1928? Yeah. I'll give it to you. And the buck I owe you from last week, we'll call it even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I could tell him I won that trophy for basketball when I played for good old MIT. Oh, don't overdo it. He'll never believe you played for the Massachusetts Institute of Technicology. <laughs> No, no, this MIT is the Manhattan Independent Truck Drivers. Oh, great. Yeah, tell him you was a big star. That's what kids love when their old man was a hero. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. To make him happy, I'll fib to him. This one. Yeah, play it up big. Tell him when you had that ball, nobody could stop. Yeah. You was quick as a pussycat. Yeah. Nobody could, could dribble that ball like right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell him they called me Dribble Puss Red. <laughs> On the level, Pop, you really won this trophy playing basketball? Yes, sir. Well, gee, why didn't you tell me you were a great basketball player? I just found out myself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm not one to brag, son. I, I, I mean, you know me, modest. Nothing ever goes to my head. Your father's right, Junior. <laughs> Boy, 
champion. Oh, you must have been good. Good. I was terrific. When I'd throw that ball, I'd never miss. Ain't that right, Peg? You certainly can throw it all right. <laughs> hey, Pop, can I show this to the guys on the team? No, 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 no. Oh, why not? Well, but... Uh, yeah, why not? Oh, thanks, Pop. Boy, where do I tell him? <laughs> Riley, you shouldn't tell Junior a cock and bull story like that. Oh, what's the harm? It don't hurt nobody. Now the kid will look up to me and admire me. It's good for him, isn't it? Well, yes, that's true. You want the boy to go through life knowing what kind of a guy I really am? <laughs> well, no, we don't have to go that far. But no good ever came a lion. This is just a white lie. Oh, but you're always doing it. You have no scruples. You even lied on our wedding day. Why, I did not. Yes, you did. You told me you found a job. Well, I did find one. Yes, but you didn't tell me the job was for me. (laughs) Well, I didn't want to spoil your honeymoon. Never mind that. We're talking about Junior. Yeah, and that's the point I'm making, Peg. If I hadn't have fibbed to you about that job, you'd have backed out of the wedding. And where would poor Junior be today? <laughs> Peg! Peg, come here, quick! Oh, what is it, Riley? Look, Junior put my picture back on the wall. He took down that basketball player and hung me. Well, <laughs> I hope you're satisfied now. You... Bet I am. I knew that boy would come to his senses. You see, there's no harm in a little fib if it's for a good purpose. Pop! Pop! Oh, hello, Chester Riley Jr. And not every kid on this block can say that. Oh, you bet they can. And say, Bob, if I got news for you. Huh? You are the new coach of the school basketball team. I am? Hey, did you hear that? I'm the new coach. Congratulate me. I'm the new coach. Oh, coach? Coach? Well, yeah. Our math teacher used to be a coach, but he got sick, so I told the principal what a great player you were. Uh, Junior, you didn't. Well, uh... yeah, and the principal said, will you take over the job? And I said, sure. Well, you will, won't you, Pop? No, no, I couldn't, It's out of the question. Why not? You tell him, Riley. Uh, You you tell him, Peg. Junior, your father... No, don't tell him. (laughs) You see, Junior, a coach has to run around. I'm not as young as I used to be. (laughs) (laughs) You hear that? Flat feet. I mean, <laughs> lumbago. I, I... Well, Pop, you wouldn't have to run around. You just plan the play. Well, Junior, I was never a coach. Yeah, but you were a star. You know the game. Yeah, yeah, but I can't. When you, if I, okay, I'm the coach. Oh, that's swell, Pop. I'll tell the principal you said okay. Uh, Riley, you can't go through with this. But I've got to. But what do you know about coaching? I'll fake it. But you've never been a basketball player. No, but I've always been a faker. <laughs> In a few minutes, the whistle will blow and start the first game of the new season. I don't have to tell you about the Emerson High team you're going to meet tonight. You beat them by 50 points last year. But with the trick plays I taught you, you ought to beat them by 100 points tonight. Remember, you can't possibly lose because you've got the greatest coach in the game behind you. But no overconfidence. Now get out there and win for John J. Foskowitz Jr. High. Here are the basketball scores of last night's game in the Junior High League. John J. Boskowitz, Junior High, 12. Emerson High, 62. All right, men, so we dropped one. Sure. But it was one of those games that could have gone either way. They might have scored 12 and we might have made 62. (laughs) Just one of those breaks. But tonight, 
against Jefferson High, it's going to go our way. They're a pretty weak team, and besides, I dug into my bag of tricks and pulled out some Lulus. You got plays now I guarantee no other team in the country is using. What? No overconfidence. Now get out there and win for John J. Boscowitz Jr. High. And in the Junior High League, John J. Boscowitz, 22, Jefferson High, 7. Error, uh, correction, please. Jefferson High, 77. All right, men, so we dropped two. But there's a reason why we lost the last one. They didn't play fair. Every time we had the ball, they took it away from us. But well, let's forget about that. Tonight is the game we got to concentrate on. So get out there and win for John J. Boscowitz Jr. High. John J. Boscowitz Jr. High, 14. Manual Arts, 84. John J. Boscowitz Jr. High, 10. Westwood, 92. John J. Boscowitz Jr. High, 3. Milford, 66. All right, men, so we dropped 12. But you can't win them all, and tonight our luck is going to change. I didn't really want to meet this Marymount team. The competition ain't stiff enough. It's only an exhibition game, but they challenged us. So tonight, go out there and whip that Marymount team and teach those girls a lesson. <laughs> On your toes, men, get out and win! All right, men, so we dropped 13. But that's our lucky number. Anyway, those girls weren't in the same league with us. We rolled up 20 points while they were lucky to score a measly 50. But from now on, men, with the new plays I'm figuring out... Mr. Riley. We're headed for the top. Mr. Riley. And we... Uh, uh, what is it, Birch? Go on, Junior, tell him. No, I don't want to. Go on, you're the captain of the team. Well, speak up, speak up, men. Well, Pop, here you better read this. Huh? Huh? What's this? Oh, a testimonial. Signed by the whole team. Well, let's see what it says. <clears throat> we, the undersigned, demand the immediate resignation of Mr. Riley as coach. Men, I'm touched. This is indeed a beautiful tribute. It's gratifying to know that all of you unanimously demand my resignation. And so I demand my resignation. No. No, there must be a mistake. Well, they must mean you, Junior. We mean you, Mr. Riley. But, men, what does this mean? It means you're through, fatso. Hey, cut that out, Bert, or I'll sock you. You don't know the first thing about basketball. Now, just a minute. You're talking to a star, a champ. Here, get a load of this trophy. I didn't win this as a prize in the Penny Arcade, you know. No? Then why does it say underneath souvenir of Coney Island? Where does it say... Uh, oh, that, well... Uh, uh, that's the name of the team. Uh, no, no, wait, I'll think of something. Ah, you're a phony. Junior, Junior, you gonna let him talk to me that way? Pop, you really didn't win this? Of course he didn't. He never played in his life. Okay. If that's gonna be your attitude, I insist you accept my resignation. But just remember, if I quit, Junior goes with me. What? Well, no, Pop. Man, he's the best player you've got. Well, Pop, I don't want to quit. You'll do as I say. But I want to play. No, not with them. I got my pride. And no son of mine is going to play with a losing team. And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley, still smarting from the injustice of being fired as coach of Junior's basketball team. Hello, Junior. Oh, hello, Pop. Listen, Junior, I want to talk to you. Well, can you make a later, Pop? I'm busy now. Well, it's supper time. Where are you going? Oh, basketball practice with the team. What? 
Didn't I tell you you can't play for them until they ask me back as coach? Yeah, but I just asked Mom if I could play tonight, and she said I could. Oh. Oh, Mom said you could. Since when is your mother the head of this house? When I give an order, I expect it to be obeyed. Yeah, but Mom it's said... What I say that goes. She had no right going behind my back and countermanded my orders. And I'll tell her so right now. What's that you're saying, Riley? Uh, who's saying anything? Uh, <laughs> what's this all about, anyway? Peg, we might just as well have a showdown. Did you tell Junior he could go out and play with the team? Yes, I did. Uh, and when you told him, did you know that I'd forbidden him? Yes, I did. And you deliberately went over my head? Yes, I did. I can't believe it. I'd like to hear you say it in my presence. Say what? That he can play with the team. Go on, say it. I dare you. Junior, go and play with the team. Well? <laughs> say it again. Go on, Junior. Play with your team. Well? Once more. Go on, Junior. Once more. Never mind. I guess you can say it. But I still forbid it. Oh, Riley, now please be fair. Do you really think you're justified in forbidding Junior to play? Yes, and I'll keep on forbidding him. I forbid him yesterday, I forbade him today, and I'll forbid him tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, what a mess. Nothing but worries. Other fathers are having fun, but I'm standing here in my house worrying. I might as well lie down and worry. Oh, that feels good. I could lie like this forever. It can be arranged. <laughs> oh, it's you. Yes, it is I indeed. Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> I didn't hear you come in, Digger. I got worries on account of my boy. Ah, yes. Children can be a problem. Yesterday, a gang of hoodlums pilfered a sign from an Australian travel agency and hung it on the door of my business establishment. Oh, I was furious. <laughs> Why? What did the sign say? If you're planning to go down under, see us first. <laughs> uh, I got trouble, Digger. Did you ever play basketball? Oh, no. Baseball was my game. But I wasn't much good at it. I never got out of the dugout. <laughs> and it looks like I never will. I, I should never have lied to Junior about being a star. You lied to your boy? Yeah. Oh, you must never do that. No. I remember once I fibbed to my youngest son. He had a fixation on prize fighters. So I told him I was a prize fighter. Yeah, and he found out that you fibbed? Ah, yes. One day he visited my place of business and caught me boxing a fellow. <laughs> Mortified. But I got made coach of Junior's team, and they fired me. Oh, too bad. Yeah, but I got even with them. I ain't letting Junior play until they take me back as coach. That's my revenge. Revenge doesn't always work out the way you think it will, right? In my youth, I was in a different line of business. I had a fight with the boss, and he fired me. Odell, he said, I'm blacklisting you. You'll never get a decent job in this town. I won't rest until I see you digging digits. Well? Well, I'm digging ditches all right. <laughs> well, here you. I'd better be shoveling off. Oh, Riley! Riley, where are you? In here. 
can't practice. Riley, I have some news for you. Uh, Junior went down to the school to practice with the team. Uh, what? You went behind my back again? I left strict orders that until I'm taken back as now, coach, don't I don't... don't get excited. They've taken you back as coach. They did? You mean it, Peg? Honest? Yes, I spoke to the principal. It's all arranged. Well, I knew they'd come crawling back to me. I'll go right down there. I'll go with you. No, you don't have to, Peg. I... Yes, I think I better. Okay, it'll be a good lesson for you to see how I handle boys. Yes, I'm sure it will. Uh, you see, I knew this would happen because I know children. Well, it's all psychology. I just say to myself, what would I do if I had a child's mind? And after that, it's easy. <laughs> Hurry up, Peg. I don't want to keep my team waiting. Don't worry. They won't run away. They're waiting for you in the gym. Oh, right in here. Where, where? Oh, oh, there they are. All right, men. I ain't asking for any apologies. I just want to know one thing. Are you with me, men? Yes, Coach Riley. That's the kind of talk I... Uh... <laughs> Wait a minute. There's something wrong with these men. They're women. <laughs> Where's my team? Well, this is it, Coach. The sixth grade girls. I've been tricked. Peg... Who's responsible for this? When I find out who did this, I'll... Who did it? I did. I arranged the whole thing. You wouldn't let Junior play until you were made coach again? Well, I got your job as coach that suits your talent. Now, what are you going to do about it? All right, men. I mean, all right, women. We got a great year ahead of us. With the trick plays I got lined up for you, we got nothing to worry about from any team. We'll beat the... We'll beat the bloomers off of them. <laughs> Remember, you got the greatest coach in the business, but no overconfidence. Now get out there and win for John J. Poskowitz Grammar School sixth grade women's division. girls, so we dropped one, but it was close. <laughs> After all, 88 to 14 is no whitewash. But the next game, I got a few plays worked out that, uh, went, uh, girls. Girls, you're not listening. Now, now, don't look over there. Pay attention here. You, you gotta listen to the coach. You're not our coach anymore, Mr. Riley. What? We have a new coach. Now, that's what you think. I won't stand for it. I ain't resigning from this job. Where is this new coach? I'll tell him a thing or two. Where is he? Here I am, Pop. Well, it's you. <laughs> Junior. Well, I can't help it, Pop. The principal made me do it. All right, girls. Now, the first thing I want you to do is forget everything your old coach told you. Now, line up under the basket here, and I'll show you a few plays. What a revolting development this is. <laughs> Lynn, talk to your right and your left. The people standing on your sides aren't just people you know. Not just people you work with. They're your teammates. As you go out into battle on that basketball court, they're the only ones that are looking out for you. Um, excuse me, but I'm at the end of the line. Mondo's on my left, but nobody's standing to my right, so there's, there's not any... Sidney, it's not, it's not literal. Just drop it. Oh, hey, hey, oh, when, when do we get, when do we get to shoot the hoops? We have always wanted to shoot a hoop. How big is a hoop anyway? And what, what size buckshot do you need? Hey, Lenny, remind me where you got these jerseys from. They stink almost as bad as your motivational speech. 
Hey, we've only got 20 minutes to practice before our first ever game. Let's forget about picking over my speech and focus on becoming a well-oiled machine. No, I, I think McLean has a point. These jerseys smell, uh, like mold. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like him. Sid, you've been a janitor for way too long. Yeah, I'm earning a college degree, aren't I? Anyway, line up and start practicing your free throws. Here's the ball, Sidney. Show us what you got. <laughs> okay. Hey, Sidney was a natural in baseball last spring. Maybe his talents carry over into basketball. Yeah, maybe. Go ahead and shoot, Sidney. Let's see what you got. <laughs> All right. Hmm, so no, they, they do not carry over. No, no. Sydney, don't... Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to just chuck it. You're supposed to sort of aim it at the hoop. <laughs> if it was smaller, I might be able to throw it further, hey? Sydney, I see you as more of a defensive player anyway. Mondo, you'd be a great center. Why don't you show us what you've got? Oh, 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 you has made a good choice for that one. Me, me, me extensive knowledge of physics makes me uniquely qualified to, to, to shoot the ball into the hoop because you got the, you got the spheroid, first of all, that what you is called the basketball, the orange object. This is the sphere, and you have to launch it in a certain parabola and trace the curve, and you can make the calculation in, in your head when you are looking at the hoop versus where you are. It's a very simple mathematical equation to get the ball from your hand into the hoop because it's just, it's just following Simple geometric lines. Uh, okay, Mondo, take a shot. Well, never mind. <laughs> there goes that theory. <laughs> yeah, well, we're shaping up to be a fine team so far. Hold on. Doubt is the enemy to the athlete. We've got to keep a positive attitude. Oh, I'm positive. I believe we'll win. Well, now, Sydney, it's also important to be realistic. Yeah. All right, well, as we prepare for tip-off with some last-minute practice, let's move on to our next show. This is an episode of Our Miss Brooks, the uh, classic sitcom about the uh, beleaguered English teacher at Madison High School. This one involves trying to get their star basketball player onto the team, but, you know, a little, little eligibility issue happening. So, anyway, here is here is that. What? Why is do the balls have to be orange? By the way, why can't why can't why can't they have polka dots? Hope and luster cream shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair bring you our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden. <laughs> who teaches English at Madison High School, is as fond of sports as most of us, but somehow basketball was never one of her favorites. It isn't that I don't like basketball. I just hate it. <laughs> this aversion started when I was refereeing a game in teacher's college, and in the excitement, I swallowed the whistle. <laughs> of course, it was only a small whistle, but it gets pretty embarrassing when every time you hiccup, traffic stops. <laughs> Anyway, last Wednesday morning, Mrs. Davis, my landlady, woke me a full hour earlier than usual. She told me that Walter Denton, the manager of the basketball team, was waiting to see me in the living room. If I could have had one free throw, I'd have thrown him out and gone back to sleep. But Mrs. Davis wouldn't let me. Come on now, Connie. The boy seems very concerned about something. You've got to see him. Oh, all right, Mrs. Davis. Where's my robe? I sent it out to the laundry, Connie. Here, I brought you one of mine to wear. This was part of my trousseau. I took it along on my honeymoon. Oh, we had a wonderful honeymoon. Just you in the bathrobe? 
No, uh, my husband was along. Heavens, didn't people talk? Judy <laughs> does love this robe. It's beautiful material, isn't it? Lovely. What is it exactly, Mrs. Davis? Ostrich feathers over seersucker? <laughs> no, dear, it's satin. And that big feather boy is worn around the neck. Here, slip it on. There. <laughs> now you throw this boa around your neck. So. How do you like it, Connie? <clears throat> Very tasty. <laughs> Come on out into the living room, Connie. Walter's anxious to talk to you. All right. But I don't know why he has to drop around in the middle of the night like this. Here we are, Walter. While you're chatting to Miss Brooks, I'll fix us all a bite of breakfast. Oh, thanks, Mrs. Davis. Greetings, Miss Brooks. <laughs> what brings you out so early, Paul Revere? The British want their colonies back? <laughs> Normally, your witticisms would tickle my risibilities, Miss Brooks. But this morning, I've got to talk to you about something that's... Where did you go? <clears throat> this blo boa just blew across my... <laughs> your problem this morning? Well, it's not really my problem, Miss Brooks. That is, it isn't my personal problem. But as the manager of the basketball team, I'm in big trouble. Is something wrong with the team, Walter? Oh, not the whole team, Miss Brooks. It's, well, it's just stretch. All right. <laughs> there, now what's the trouble? Uh, no, you don't understand, Miss Brooks. Stretch is our star player, one of the best forwards we've ever had. And he may not be eligible for the big game with Clay City High tonight. And that's why you've got to get in there and pitch. Well, I'd love to help out, Walter, but I'm afraid my midi blouse and bloomers must be moth-eaten by now. <laughs> now, here's what... Uh, better blow again, Miss Brooks. It's back. <laughs> Thanks, Walter. <laughs> Look, you two, everything's ready. Coming, Mrs. Davis. We can continue this later on, Walter. Come on, let's eat. Well, I had breakfast before I left the house. Oh, then would you rather wait in the living room? Oh, no, that was over a half hour ago. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Davis. Uh, where do you want me to sit? Oh, uh, just sit right down here on my left, Walter. There. Now, would you like some eggs after you've eaten your oatmeal? Well, as I just told Miss Brooks, I already had some eggs and oatmeal at home. Oh, I see. So I'll just have some French toast. <laughs> you must come over for dinner some night after you've had dinner. <laughs> I'll make you some in the jiffy. Just drink your juice meantime. Say, this orange juice tastes rather peculiar. And that's because you're drinking it through that boa. <laughs> Better blow again. <laughs> Thanks. Now, to get back to my dilemma, Miss Brooks. Couldn't we dilemma after breakfast, Walter? <laughs> I'm sorry to bother you like this, but I'm afraid it's imperative. You see, Mr. Conklin's made a rule that anybody who fails a subject is ineligible for any sports until he's passed the first test of the new semester in the subject which he failed. And Stretch failed last term. So? So with a, with a teacher Stretch has in English who's giving him the test this term, he doesn't stand a chance of passing. Who has he in English? Oh, Lady Enright. I mean, Miss Enright. <laughs> well, I'm sure Miss Enright's a very capable teacher. Well, here we are, some nice French toast. I made it from a famous Turkish recipe. A Turkish recipe? Yes. The Turks are famous for their French toast, you know. They are? Of course they are, Walter. You should taste their Chinese kumquats. <laughs> Can I help you, Walter? I don't want to stuff myself, Mrs. Davis. Uh, those three pieces on the end will be plenty. And uh, now about Miss Enright. You know, I don't think it's fair for her to give Stretch a test. I heard she was jilted by a basketball player years ago. Walter, you shouldn't talk that way about Miss Enright. Just because someone doesn't reciprocate the affection of someone who's fond of them doesn't make the person who's fond of someone a monster. And I got that sentence from an old Turkish recipe. 
Speaking of someone not reciprocating someone's affection, have you heard from Mr. Boynton lately? Ouch. Get those punches up, Walter. <laughs> Let's forget about Mr. Boynton for now. Just what is it you want me to do? Hmm? Well, I was talking this over with Harriet Conklin, and we decided to get Stretch transferred out of Miss Enright's class. Of course, this means somebody's got to work on Harriet's old man. Look, Walter, Harriet's father happens to be our principal. You will kindly refer to him as Mr. Conklin. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Brooks. Well, Harriet and I and Stretch are supposed to meet at school this morning, and that's why I'm here so early, to discuss getting Stretch out of Miss Enright's class and into yours. Into mine? But you know how crowded my class is now. Every time I enter my room, it looks like payoff night at a pyramid club. <laughs> oh, come on, Miss Brooks. We've got to hurry down to school and meet Harriet. Oh, there must be a way to get Stretch into your class so you can give him the test. While I, as manager of the team, sit across the aisle from him and give him moral support. Are you sure that's all you'd give him? Oh, I just want Stretch to feel at home. He's not very good in English, and, well, with me there, maybe he'd get more confidence. Confidence based on the mere proximity to one which in the same subject has always flourished so startlingly. If anybody sits near Stretch, it better be Harriet. She at least speaks English. <laughs> but she's so honest in tests. I mean, she has the most peculiar way of holding her left hand when she's writing down answers. Now, all you can see is her elbow. Oh, not that I ever tried to copy from her. Oh, no, of course not. It was just a coincidence that after the final exams last term, your neck was so far out of joint, you looked like a Balinese dancer. <laughs> no, Walter, as much as I'd like to help you kids, I can't. And the less I see of Mr. Conklin for a while, the better. But why, Miss Brooks? Because Mr. Conklin holds me responsible for what happened last week, remember? The fire in Mr. Boynton's laboratory, which started when the circuit was overloaded after I plugged in an electric heater that belonged to Mr. Conklin. Well, what is that? And then the to... firemen had to tear down the wall when they thought Mr. Conklin was stuck in the heater vent, which he wasn't because he was locked in the stockroom when I slammed the door on him by accident. <laughs> and whose fault was that? Yours. That's what I like, a nice orderly mind. Come on. <laughs> Without Stretch on the team, we'll probably lose the biggest game of the year. But what can I do about it? Oh, I told you, Miss Brooks. You can work on Harriet's old man. Walter, I told you not to use that expression. Okay, Mr. Conklin. But gosh, other kids have been transferred to other classes. Yes, but not for such a thin reason. Just to win a basketball game is oh, no but reason. but this is a Clay City game. And it wouldn't be so bad if the coach hadn't taken sick yesterday. The coach is sick, too? Desperately. This is the saddest thing since humoresque. <laughs> We have an ex-basketball star teaching here who's been made temporary coach. But it would just break his heart if he lost his first game. Who is this coach, Harriet? Mr. Boynton. Mr. Boynton? Are you sure? Positive. Well, don't stand there, girl. We've got to go to work on your old man. Well, I realized that some ancient gossip about Miss Enright's prejudice against basketball players would never cause Mr. Conklin to give Stretch a transfer. But after a brief council of war during study period, I hit upon what seemed like a pretty good plan. I would tell Mr. Conklin that the boy was unhappy in his class because his fellow students were picking on him, as I told Walter and Harriet. In a democratically operated high school, no boy should be forced to remain in surroundings that are not conducive to his getting the most out of the school curriculum. Bravo, Miss Brooks, bravo. Yeah, bravo. What did you say? Now, when Stretch gets here, we'll have to find out just what annoys him the most in his English class. Oh, that's him now. Come in, Stretch. Hi, Stretch. You know Miss Brooks. 
Hi. Hi. <laughs> we haven't too much time, so I'll come right to the point. What bothers you in Miss Enright's class? Bothers me? Yeah, they treat you terrible, don't they? The other kids, I mean. The other kids? <laughs> they pick on you and call you names, don't they? Names? <laughs> this is the most backward forward I ever met. <laughs> Look, the kids do call you one name we all know about, Stretch. Now, why do you suppose they tack that on you? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's because I weigh 112 pounds and I'm six foot five. <laughs> Serves me right for getting over the flu last year. <laughs> Look, we're trying to help you become eligible for the Clay City game. You want to play in it, don't you? I sure do, Miss Brooks. There isn't anything I wouldn't well, do to... Well, then keep quiet and listen. Sorry, Walter. Go ahead, Miss Brooks. Well, first of all, I hate nicknames. What's your real name? Fabian Snodgrass. <laughs> Fabian Snodgrass? That's right. Look, Stretch. <laughs> we really want to help you. The kids here feel that if I give you the exam, you'll stand a better chance of passing. Not that there's going to be any funny business, you understand. Oh, I understand perfectly, Miss Brooks. Walter wouldn't want any part of anything that wasn't strictly on the up and up. You said it, Stretch. You just listen to old Walter and you'll be all right. I always do, don't I, Walter? You're our manager and you always know what's best for all of us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and if you don't listen, Walter won't tell you about the rabbits anymore. <laughs> Back to your scholastic achievements, or lack of them. What subjects did you pass last term? All of them, but English. Just barely, but I passed them. And I can't understand why I didn't pass English. I always done my homework very good. <laughs> very well. Very well. Stretch, uh, isn't it true that you couldn't always do your work properly because of the other pupils harassing you? I ain't never worked near as hard at any subject as I done in English, hardly. <laughs> but, uh, it wasn't all your own fault that you failed. There were other students in the class, all kinds of students, doing all kinds of things. Yeah, they were a swell bunch of kids, all right. But, you know something, Miss Brooks? It, it wasn't the grammar that done it. No? Then what did done it? Done did it. How's <laughs> everything? It, it was the composition that made Miss Enright flunk me. We was allowed to pick our own theme. We were allowed to pick our own theme. Used to, huh? <laughs> like I said, we could write about anything we wanted, so I got my idea off on the radio. It's not very bright of me to ask, but uh, what kind of a radio idea did you write about? I wrote in 25 words or less... I hate English because. Come in. Good morning, Mr. Conklin. Uh, can I speak to you for a moment? If you know how to speak at all, you can. But if it's permission you want, you may. Sorry, Mr. Conklin. I haven't taken English since I was a girl. But I'd, uh, I'd like to request a transfer for one of the students here. He's in Miss Enright's class at the present time. But, Miss Brooks, the new term has already started. You know we can't issue any transfers at this late date. Oh, but this case is extraordinary, Mr. Conklin. A boy's life is being made miserable by his classmates. What boy? Fabian Snodgrass. They call him all sorts of names. Anything worse than Fabian Snodgrass? <laughs> 
for one thing, they call him Stretch. Stretch? What's so terrible about that? I'm sorry, Miss Brooks, I can't do anything for you. But, Mr. Conklin, he failed English last term because of the conditions in Miss Enright's class. And if she fails him in his test this term, he won't be eligible for athletics. Athletics? There's too much emphasis on athletics in the school system now. No, Miss Brooks, the boy stays where he is. Come in. Well, hello, O.C. I... uh... Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't know you were busy. Oh, come in, J.B., come in. Miss Brooks, this is Jason Brill, principal of Clay City High. How do you do, Mr. Brill? How do you do, Miss Brooks? What brings you all the way to Madison, J.B.? Well, everything's running so smoothly at Clay City, I thought I'd drop over and find out how things were with you. I heard you had a fire over here last week. A fire? Oh, it was nothing at all, really. Oh, indeed. Some teacher just blew a fuse, that's all. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You got yourself locked in the storeroom, too, didn't you? Uh, you'd better go into my inner office, if uh, you'll excuse us, Miss Brooks. But I still want to talk to you, Mr. Conklin. I'll talk to you later. Just wait here in my outer office. All right, Mr. Conklin, I'll wait right here. Uh, You sure I'm not disturbing you, Osgood? That teacher out there, a pretty bit of baggage, isn't she? Yes, she is. I'd like to check her sometime. Well, Osgood, uh, we haven't seen each other since the big Clay City Madison High football game. We gave you a good drubbing in that one, 79 to nothing, wasn't it? It was not. It was 78 to nothing. (laughs) But we had a good excuse for losing that one. Yes, I know. Your team showed up. (laughs) That was nothing to what our basketball team is going to do to you tonight. Why, we should win by 40 points. What? Why, we'll wipe up the gym with you. Uh, Will you care to make a little wager on that, Osgood? I'm not a betting man, and you know it. Oh, come on, Osgood. Just to make things interesting, how about a nice new hat to the winner? Well, I do need a new hat. Uh, You're on, J.B. Fine. Well, I'll be running along now. See you at the game tonight. May the best team from Clay City win. Oh, you haven't a chance. Oh, well, you're still here, Miss Brooks. Yes, Mr. Conklin. Well, uh, goodbye, Miss Brooks. Goodbye, Mr. Brill. Oh, and Osgood. Yes? If you want to, you can check her with me sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Old reprobate. Now then, Miss Brooks, come to the point. Just what do you want me to do about this, uh, this... Uh, Stretch. Uh, Stretch Snodgrass. Just because a kid happens to be a star basketball player is no reason for other kids to make fun of him. I'm sorry, Miss Brooks. I can't change the rules in the middle of a semester just on account of some star basketball player. After all, there are other students in this school who... 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 Who did you say star basketball player? Yes, sir. And if he passes a test today, he's eligible for the game tonight? That's right, Mr. Conklin. And your own daughter Harriet and Walter and everybody seems to think that he'll have a better chance if I give him the examination. Miss Brooks, in a democratically operated high school, no boy should be forced to remain in surroundings that are not conducive to his getting the most out of the school curriculum. I'll have him transferred at once. Uh, There's just one thing I insist on. Yes, Mr. Conklin? The test must be absolutely impartial. At Madison, we have just one standard procedure, one examination. With liberty and justice for all. Walter, there's Mr. Boynton. Okay, Harriet. Oh, pardon us, Mr. Boynton, but the cafeteria's pretty packed today. Oh, yes, I know. Why don't you sit at this table with me? Now, that's what I call taking the bait. 
I mean, thanks, Mr. Boynton. Uh, we wanted to talk to you before Miss Brooks came up. You see, Stretch is taking his English test in Miss Brooks' free period, right after lunch. Oh, but I thought Stretch was in Miss Enright's class. He was, but Daddy transferred him because he doesn't want the boy to be unhappy. Now it's up to us, especially you as basketball coach, to see that Miss Brooks is in a very good mood when she gives him the test. Maybe she'll even let us be there. But uh, what can I do? Oh, just be nice. You know, even if she doesn't order salads, spread a little oil around. Uh, I'm always courteous to Miss Brooks. Well, then be more than courteous. Be, uh, be civil. Well, what my attitude toward Miss Brooks has to do with... She's coming over now. Be terribly nice. Remember, this is the biggest game you'll ever coach. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Well, how do you do, Miss Brooks? How are you, Harriet, Walter? Oh, we're fine, Miss Brooks. Oh, won't you join us? Oh, sit right here by Mr. Boynton. I'll move the chairs closer together. There. Thank you. Now then, what looks good today? You do, Miss Brooks. You look simply lovely. Well, that's high praise coming from you, Walter. It should have come from you, Mr. Boynton. Hmm? <laughs> uh, Miss Brooks, if you'll just tell me what you want, I'll go get your tray filled up. I really haven't given it much thought. Well, neither have I. That's one nice thing about having a perfect figure. You can eat anything. Oh, I don't think my figure's so perfect. <laughs> Not you, Mr. Boynton. Miss Brooks. Here, let me wipe off the table in front of you. No, pass me those glasses of water, will you, Walter? Yeah. There. Thank you. Here's one for you, Miss Brooks. Oh, here, Miss Brooks. Take my knives and forks, too. I'm not hungry just yet. I am. I'm starved. I'd eat some roast beef today if it wasn't so expensive. Expensive? What's that got to do with anything? Mr. Boynton's treating you. <laughs> there goes the water. Uh, it must have gone down the, the wrong pipe. Yeah, the pipe that likes to go Dutch. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate this attention, but there's something I think you all ought to know. What's that? I'm giving Stretch his eligibility test in private. In private? That's right. And if you'll meet me after school, I'll refund all courtesies extended to me during this lunch period. <laughs> Now, Stretch, you say you've completed the written portion of the examination? Yes, ma'am. To the best of my ability. I was afraid of that. <laughs> well, put the papers to one side and we'll get into the oral test. Oh, excuse me, Miss Brooks. What do you want, Walter? I forgot my rubbers. Oh, don't pay any attention to me, though. Just keep going. Hi, Stretch. Never mind that. Sorry. You're on your own, kid. I'll just look around over here. Well, keep away from Stretch. First question. I just want to come in for a minute, Miss Brooks. For what, Harriet? I lost my fountain pen. I'm sure it's in one of these desks. Oh, you go right ahead, Miss Brooks. Hi, Stretch. Hi, Harriet. Why don't you look over here by me? Cut that out. Where do you think you are? <laughs> well, she's pretty. Good thing that wasn't one of the test questions. Look, Stretch, you're fond of radio shows. Now, just make believe you're on a quiz program. I beg your pardon, Miss Brooks, but I think I left a book in here. This test should have been given in the Rose Bowl. Well, sit right down, Mr. Boynton. Stretch is about to get the oral test. Oh, well, I'll be very quiet, Miss Brooks. So will Stretch, I'm afraid. <laughs> but here goes. Question one. Name three plays by William Shakespeare. William who? Shakespeare. He was a tall, thin fellow with a little goatee. Oh, him. Three plays, huh? Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, maybe I shouldn't look for my rubbers now. Uh, maybe it's just much ado about nothing. Walter! 
Much ado about nothing? He said I Miss Brooks stuff one after right. Go ahead, Stretch. Think of another one. Another one? Um... Don't make any mistakes now. This could easily become a comedy of errors. <laughs> a comedy of errors? Good for you, Stretch. Now, now, just one more. <laughs> I'm surprised at you giving a pupil hints in a private test. But, Miss Brooks, I didn't say anything. I'm just rooting for the boy. Oh, well, I guess this is something of a tempest in a teapot. <laughs> I, I think I got the third one, Miss Brooks. What is it? Teapot. <laughs> that is absolutely wrong. Would you like to try for tempest? Yeah, tempest. Next question. <laughs> What plays did Shakespeare write between the two entitled Pericles, Prince of Tyre, and Coriolanus? Where did everybody go? <laughs> would, would you repeat the question, please? Certainly. What plays did Shakespeare write between the two entitled Pericles, Prince of Tyre, and Coriolanus? Um, uh... Well, don't stand there. Think, boy, think! <laughs> Mr. Conklin, I have the result of both tests, written and oral. Good, good. Just put everything on my desk here. I'm not even going to check these papers, Miss Brooks. I'm that sure of your integrity. Thank you, Mr. Conklin, but as you know, we weren't alone I never the mind test. that, Miss Brooks. Uh, the examination was based on the 100% system. That's right, but every once in a while, somebody... Please, would... please, Miss Brooks. It's all done with. Uh, passing is 65%, is that correct? Yes, sir. Fine. Now, what was the boy's mark? 39. <laughs> Miss Brooks, I would like you to jot down my latest ruling on eligibility for athletic activities. Proceed, Mr. Conklin. No student who has previously failed a subject will be eligible for any athletic team if he fails the first two tests in any term. Mr. Conklin, may I say that I have never seen such touching concern for the hopes and ambitions of Madison students. Well, thank you, Miss Brooks. I remember when I was a boy Oh, and one hard... more thing, Mr. Conklin. Uh, yes? When you get your new hat, wear it in good health. <laughs> Well, we gave the Clay City team a pretty thorough drubbing. And right after the game, I congratulated Mr. Boynton. Honestly, Mr. Boynton, I thought you did a superb job of coaching. Oh, thanks, Miss Brooks, but the kids deserve most of the credit. They played a great game. Yes, they did. You know something, Mr. Boynton? I haven't been so excited at a basketball game since I swallowed a whistle in teacher's college. Well, Miss Brooks, that's pretty serious. What did you do about it? Nothing, but I intend to see a doctor about it <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> Hey, welcome back. This is the uh, last little last little bit of yesterday today here. Our show's wrapping up as we're, we're about to tip off in our very first City Rec League basketball game. That's right. Now remember, man, defense wins championships. You can't win with milk and cookies. Don't be afraid to fail. That basketball ring is as high here as it is in Indiana. Compelling stuff, Sydney. You really know how to fire the team up. Thanks. I'm taking a speech class this semester. <laughs> Why hasn't anybody handed out the guns yet? If we is going to shoot hoops, we have to have guns. Come on. Hey, where's Lenny? We, we need him for the game. He's our fifth guy. He was just talking to the referee a minute ago. Oh, oh, he's coming over here now. Well, team, I've got good news and bad news. What is it? The good news is I got us all blue Gatorade. 
Uh, the bad news is we've been disqualified and are banned from City Rec League for life. What? Why would you tell us about the Gatorade first? Good news softens the blow of bad news. No, Lenny, why are we disqualified? Oh no, was it because I wore cargo shorts? I can go home and change. I, I didn't know. No, uh, it seems the officials caught wind that I may have placed a friendly little bet on the game. Apparently that's not allowed in the City League. Disqualifying just for betting on us to win? What's wrong with that? Oh, oh no, I was betting on us to lose. By a lot. Hmm, I see. Yeah, suddenly your passion for the sport seems to make a little more sense. Shame on you, Lenny. Whatever happened to your lifelong dream of becoming a City Rec League champion? Eh, lifelong dreams come and go. But hey, I get intramural basketball has started up at the college. I figure if we all enroll in classes there, we can make a little cash betting on the games and drop out after the season is over. If we time it right, we won't even have to pay the college any money. I, I don't think that's how college works, man. Well, my other plan was to have Sidney pass for a high schooler so he could try out for their team. Well, if you want more yesterday today, you can visit KISU.org or wherever you get your recreational, amateur, citywide podcasts. Right. Thank you for listening, and we, uh, we hope we will see you back here next week for more old-time radio and other things. Does this mean me bought this goalie mask for nothing? Goalie mask? What? Hey man, who's that cat coming down the street? I don't know, but it sounds to me like that's Wicked Man with the bone. Sure having himself a ball. <laughs> <laughs>